I'm so glad you're back for the next episode of 25 Things I Do to Grow My Blogging Business. This week, we're talking about support posts. So this is basically a continuation of the last uh, lesson in this series where we were talking about silos of authority. So if you haven't watched that, go back and watch that one. But in this episode, we're gonna dive deep into the idea of support posts. My name is Leslie Peterson, and I help bloggers grow their business consistently and with a plan. If this video is helpful to you, I hope you'll subscribe, and please don't forget to download my free blog post update checklist. The link is below. Okay, let's talk about support posts. So why do we care about support posts? Well, they are an integral part of your SEO strategy, and they really reinforce to Google and to your readers, your two most important audiences, that you are an authority on a topic, that you have the expertise needed to bring all the pertinent information to whomever is searching for that topic. So we talked about pillar posts, and that is the overarching post. That is the broad, uh, broad topic post on what your topic of uh, your topic cluster is about. So in the last episode, I mentioned that if Chattanooga is my topic cluster, my pillar post, my overarching broad post, might be things to do in Chattanooga. And the support posts are the posts that go really deep on that topic. So if I want to talk about uh, the aquarium as being one of the things to do in Chattanooga, then an entire post about the aquarium would be a supporting post. If I want to say that um, the downtown area of uh, Chattanooga is a really fun place and there's a couple things in my things to do article that are there, then I might also want to create a supporting post that really deep dives into just that downtown area. So another example, let's say um, you're a you have a gardening blog and you create a pillar post on the 15 best low light plants for your home. And one of them includes, I'm, I'm at a loss here because I'm not a, a gardener, uh, let's say philodendron. I don't know if those are low light or not, but we'll go with that. Let's say philodendron is one of those. Then you might create a post just about philodendrons and what type of light they need, um, even though it's low light, how low can the light go? Are there certain uh, variations of a philodendron that do better in low light than others? Um, maybe the best kind of pots, the best kind of fertilizer, all of those sorts of things on the philodendron. That would be a supporting post to best low light plants. So you get the idea. The pillar post goes wide, the supporting posts go deep. Okay, so what is the role of the supporting posts. Well, by now, hopefully you can guess that. It's to give lots and lots of detail about the um, items that you just highlighted in the pillar post. It's also to reinforce your, your internal linking. So you, the really important thing that you wanna take away from this uh, topic about pillars and supporting posts is that you always want to link from the high pillar post down to the supporting post. Now, if you're writing your um, pillar post first and you're coming in with your supporting posts later, um, it might be more natural to link from your supporting post to that post that's already written, that pillar post. And that's okay, it's absolutely okay to link bi-directionally. But um, you absolutely wanna make sure that you go back into that pillar post and link down to the supporting post. 
And the other thing it does is just reinforce your authority on a topic. If I can come in and give you 50 different articles on, let's say, um, Atlanta, then that's going to showcase more expertise and more authority on Atlanta than if I came in and wrote two articles on Atlanta. Now, you might have, I might have 50 articles worth of content in my brain. I might know Atlanta better than the other person, or I might know low light houseplants better than the other person, but Google doesn't know that, and your readers don't know that. You have to demonstrate that by writing those supporting posts. Okay, so chances are, if you're a uh, established blogger, that you probably have some of these pillar posts and supporting posts already on your site. Now, if you're a new blogger, I want you to go through this series and first identify your topic clusters and then go and do the keyword research that we talked about in the last video um, for those pillar and support posts. Then write your pillar post and write your supporting posts. Start off on the right foot. But if you're an established blogger, then you might have a collection of topic clusters, some pillar post ideas, some supporting post ideas. I know, uh, again, I'm in the travel space, so that's, that's the world I know. This applies to all of this, all the niches. Um, but in the travel space, a lot of people come in and do a things to do in article on a particular city, and they don't write any supporting posts. So they write one supporting post, um, things, to, you know, things to do in, and here's the restaurants, and then I'm off to the next thing. And if you can take the time to um, audit your existing content, and see where you have established topic clusters, where you have supporting posts that don't have a pillar, or where you have pillar posts where you don't have the right number of supporting posts, then that can help you to establish what uh, your content plan should be over the next couple months. So hopefully, you'll take a minute to do that. Now, there's another other reasons to write additional um, supporting posts. Even if you have a pillar support um, construct and you're an established blog, you're already doing that, there's still another reason to write supporting posts and that's to help reinforce your um, authority or your expertise on a given topic um, that maybe you're losing ranking on or you're seeing an increased competition for. So I'm gonna give you an example of that. Um, there is a city in the North Georgia mountains that I love and I have a pillar post on it and I have about five or six supporting posts on it. We were ranking really well, I think uh, number two for this post for many, many years that I noticed even with our update strategy plan, um, even with a considerable number of backlinks, um, we, were, we were falling in the ranking. So uh, I think we fell to number eight over a period of time. And I was, I was looking for more backlinks, looking for more backlinks. I have a lot of backlinks on that pillar post. So it's like, okay, what do I do now? So I regrouped on my topic cluster idea and I identified some additional pillar posts that I could write. So I put together 11 pillar, additional pillar posts and over a period of, I think two months, um, we have myself and a team of writers put together 11 additional pillar posts. So almost like that, as soon as those posts went up, we, we moved from uh, position eight to position three. So I didn't do anything different except write that additional, um, write those additional supporting posts and then link from that pillar post to those supporting posts, letting Google know, hey, we know a lot more about this topic than we were letting on. So that really helped. 
And now um, the actual tourism board is beating us, which is fine. And then the other person that's beating us actually has that destination uh, named in their URL and their entire blog is about that destination. Um, so chances of me beating that are slim to none unless I wanna write 100 or 150 more um, supporting posts. But I'm okay with that. I mean, moving from position eight to position, position three on an article that's probably 10 years old is a great place for me. So um, the backlink strategy wasn't working. I kind of maxed out on those on those backlinks. I had I had several thousand backlinks on that particular post actually. Um, but uh, adding additional support posts really moved the needle um, on a very, very competitive term. So um, if you're an established blogger who has a really strong pillar uh, post support post strategy, then that's another reason why you might consider um, looking at pillar, I'm sorry, looking at um, supporting posts um, for content that already exists. It might help re, uh, reinforce your authority and increase your rankings on that, um, that, that pillar post. So what do I do that made a difference? Well, um, when I'm writing the post, I use all the same strategies that I do on a support on a support post that I do on a pillar post. So we make sure the title is really clear. We add meta descriptions. We add semantic terms. I use um, an FAQ schema structure. I make sure that um, all the headers are laid out um, clearly. We look at how many headers we should have based on the competition, how many photos we should have based on what the competition says, how long the article should be based on what the competition's doing. Um, but I definitely always look for a target keyword. Now, it might be a really long tail keyword with a lower monthly search volume than maybe I'm accustomed to writing for, and that's okay. As long as it's a term that I can rank on so that Google can actually see my my content, that it's out there and that we have that authority, um, that it makes it worthwhile creating those posts. So I use all the same strategies that I would for a pillar post, uh, but I might take a search volume that's a little bit lower than I usually look for. So I typically tend to stay above 1,500. I'm, you know, I'm trying to look for 10,000 monthly search volume or 15,000 monthly search volume, but I'll go as low as 1,500. Um, if I think I can um, get the ad revenue, affiliate revenue, there's products I can create around that, uh, all of those things. So I'll go as low as 1,500. Sometimes though, um, on a su for support posts, I'll go as low as 750. I usually don't go much lower than that unless I'm trying to build a, a real solid base, like with this particular destination, I went down to 500. Um, but absolutely, I am absolutely looking at the keyword uh, opportunities, making sure that even for these supporting posts, I'm meeting that supply demand model that's out there. How many other posts are out there um, for that specific term? How many people are looking for that type of content? So I hope this helped you in uh, understanding more about supporting posts, understanding how to build them, why to build them, and uh, how you can use them even if you've got a good topic cluster or silo of authority cluster um, structure in place, but especially, especially if you're building a new area of expertise on your site or you're just getting started, you definitely wanna have the pillar post support post strategy in mind before 
you put pen to paper. Hey, real quick, this is Leslie just dropping in to remind you that I have several free resources on my blog right now that I'd love you to get your hands on. Just head over to lesliepeterson.com. The link is in the show notes below and grab my free blog post update checklist. Or if you're on a journey to fire up your blog's email newsletter, grab my free list of 52 newsletter connection prompts. With both of those, I'll include a video about how to use them to build a solid relationship with your subscribers or work towards doubling your traffic with updates. Grab both of those at lesliepeterson.com.